0: This is Flipping Tables. Welcome to Flipping Tables, a show about technology, gaming, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Edwards. And I am David Lyons. And we have lots of things to talk about today.
1: We do. So before we get to anything else on the rundown... Um, I don't think we've mentioned this on the show before, but but you and I are deeply embroiled in this ridiculous beard
0: growing mm-hmm. thing. We're coming up on four months. We are
1: coming up on four months. So uh, for anyone who, who hasn't had the joy of, of drinking in this majestic beardness uh, over the last few months, a friend of mine uh, just out of the blue was like, hey, what if we just grew our beards out for like nine months? And I was like, sure. And then I I roped Mike into it, and uh, a couple of my other friends are doing it. And uh, this morning, I'm on the train, and I got a text from the guy who started this, and he was like, I'm going to shave off my beard. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We didn't put any consequences into this game, did we?
1: Uh, Well, the consequence was you you had to shave completely down to the skin. Because everyone who was involved except you wore a beard. They just wore a shorter beard. Yeah. And, and the, the so guy they have to
0: give it up for a while.
1: Exactly. So, and the the guy who started this, he's actually, um, he shaves his head. So now he looks like a five-year-old cause he's just <laughs> like baby bottom smooth <laughs> all over. And he did have to take the shame picture. So I'll, I'll show it to you later, but it's, it's, he's like all like podied up inside. Does he have a
0: job interview? Like why? <laughs> uh, he's he, sick of it. He said he was getting panic itching panic like
1: he just all of a sudden would just be like overwhelmed by how scratchy it was yeah that's fine that's this is somebody else's desk i just spilled this now that
0: the the instigator is bailed yes
1: which is awesome because that means if we make it to the end when we make it to the end we get to just rub it in his face that much harder
0: so it's just more motivation for you yes (laughs) yeah so it's yeah yeah i'll have to post a beard update even though shelby posted when we were at the football game and there was like probably half my friend space here in denver i don't know if that's an accurate <laughs> way to space. describe the number of friends you have apparently hadn't seen me in like a couple of months ah. and they were just like what is that
1: <laughs> surprise <laughs>
0: So that's always fun. Yeah.
1: I've decided to go as Rasputin for every <laughs> Halloween from now on. Well,
0: that's the thing. I wanted to be Mario with uh, my friend Andresa as or no, I would be Luigi and he would be Mario because ah, I'm tall, the and, tall one, right? And but I was like, but I'd have to shave. Yeah. Nope, not worth it. <laughs> you could go next as, year. You could go as
1: homeless Mario. <laughs> yeah. So I think this. Uh, I I I want to do this part about from from one of our listeners about Fallout. So um we have a comment and i'll I'll link to the comment in the show notes but um this was i was really glad to hear us finally like praise fallout um i i I got nothing against fallout no i got nothing against fallout either um i just thought it was interesting that it was uh this particular person um dave hi dave Uh, this particular person, uh, and I used to play a lot of Fallout together, but I mean, it's a single player game. So it was very reminiscent of my childhood of like, well, you play for a couple hours and I'll watch you and then I'll play for a couple hours and you'll sit on the couch and talk to me. And, um, the, the, I think if it hadn't been my PlayStation, he definitely would have thrown some controllers through the wall because he would be on the overworld map for literally hours at a time. And then he would just go to, like, open the menu, Pip-Boy, game locks up, all that work lost, (laughs) solve it. And it's like, it's really hard to, there aren't a whole lot of other instances in life where you are like, oh, the four hours I just spent on this are gone. It's like I was dead for four hours because that time is lost to me forever now. And I guess you could be an optimist and be like, well, but you had the experience. But it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, It feels like that time is lost forever because it kind of is.
0: Yeah. I had some stress of that because in Final Fantasy VIII, there's a card game, and the cards are actually useful. Like you can, you get this ability to refine them down into powerful magic. So it's like actually worthwhile to play the card game in it. Wait, and, so it's a
1: it's a in game card game, but then you can turn them into what, yeah like, what a, magic for your characters. One
0: of the GFs, one of the girlfriends, can <laughs> uh, yeah turn them into magic. So you know you get the cipher card, and that becomes like a hundred of one of the powerful spells or super rare items in the game. Mm. It's one of the ways instead of grinding to mug creatures. Anyway, I had been playing for like an hour of like story stuff. And I got to this point where I wanted to play cards against like this guy that's only in one part of the game that has certain rare ones. Humanity. But I hadn't saved in an hour. And I was like, because if I lose like one of my best cards and be like pissed. So that same stress, you know, not because the game's going to glitch up, but more like I'm just going to lose an hour. Well, (laughs) because I'm going to reset. I'm not going to lose my card.
1: Well, we were talking about how much we like uh, save states and ROMs. Yeah, and it's like that's you get used to that. You get used to like, oh, I'm about to do something, I can save. And then if you're playing a game where you can't, or you just you know, you're in between save points or waypoints or whatever. You're like, oh, I'm actually risking something, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, it's gambling. So it kind of <laughs> yeah. I guess you should have that feeling. And then he did. Uh, so Dave had one other interesting point about um, or a question rather about like how pop music has kind of been. Um, what do you call it? Like uh, like systematized. So it's like there's there's like a predictable like beats per minute, there's a predictable time signature, there's a predictable
0: There's very common chord progressions that yeah, happen over and over. Yeah,
1: the, the magic four chord song. Um and when I first read that comment, I was kind of like, oh that's that's interesting. Why haven't they done that? And then when I sort of stepped back, I was like, oh no, they totally do that. Yeah. No, they absolutely mainstream games, totally. <laughs> yeah. And not even just on a, a surface level, like all the shooter games are kind of similar a lot of sports games are pretty much the same game but there are popular engines like havoc unreal um yeah why write your own game engine every time what's the one that drives portal and source source yeah so it's like those i mean the that's kind of transparent to the player but if you've ever noticed that like oh these two games have really similar controls and are really similar experience it might be
0: So I wonder, because it seems like there's a spectrum here, because like, is the game engine, would creating your own game engine be like inventing your own instruments? Or is it more like, oh, just use a different chord progression? Because that's more foundationally Mm. complex. So like, yeah, you invented your own microphones and recording studio instead of using the one the guy already built. Like, of course, you're going to use that one, even if you're creating something very different. That's, I would say
1: that is where the analogy starts (laughs) to break down. Because well, there's a
0: spectrum of like, yeah. how much are you? How much do you want to reinvent? And we're actually getting into that with like, doing some of the the projects we're starting that we aren't going to talk about yet. <laughs> but just like, where in the stack do we want to be doing the creative work? Like, do you want to reinvent the foundations? No, not usually. Usually, those are pretty well hard fought. Yeah, <laughs> strong things. Well, I can't.
1: I can't remember what game. I thought it was Final Fantasy 13, but Wikipedia is telling me that I'm crazy. There's a very popular non first person game that uses either the source or the Havoc engine. And I can't or Havoc's
0: the physics.
1: Yeah. It so maybe it is Final Fantasy that uses the Havoc engine for physics. But there there was a game that I didn't associate with that kind of engine using that those tools. Yeah. So I it,
0: think Unreal is getting so common that it's used for all yeah. sorts of non shooter games.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it, it's like you said, it's like, do I really want to reinvent the wheel? Especially if you know your end goal is to end up with something just like this thing that already exists. It's like, why yeah. would you.
0: Or you're using, you just want to use something that's well documented and supported and you're not pushing the limits so you don't need to customize or do something really weird where you need to invest a lot. It's right. like, yeah, I'm going to use Unreal, but I'm not like making Halo 6 with the most advanced <laughs> lighting ever. It's like you know it's a top down tower defense game and i'm just showing like square buildings like it doesn't i don't i'm not going to tax any computer with this game
1: yeah and you know the more i'm thinking about it i'm i'm a little bit familiar with the the kinds of games dave plays and i think the reason this didn't stand out to him is something the industry already does is cuz he's really picky about what he plays and that's probably kind of good if you play like halo and call of duty and uh what's the other big dude bro shooter like battlefield battlefield thank you um those like bro (laughs) those all have i know they're different technologies underneath but they have a really similar feel like Stick to move, they they mimic each other
0: a lot. Like, oh, the dash is now in this game. Oh, the double jump. Oh, the wall run's going to be everything's going to have wall run. We all have jetpacks now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, that's if you only play kind of like art housey games or older games, or if you're switching between genres a lot, you might not notice. That within a genre, they've very much systematized yeah. the production,
0: and I do think it's like pop music in that it does change over time. But it's like it's one like adds one little interesting element that catches on, and then everyone else immediately implement. Like the new Call of Duty has lots of it feels like Titanfall kind of things. Oh yeah,
1: is it, what's the new one? Advanced,
0: advanced warfare, warfare, yeah, advanced so. modern future fair. Kevin Spacey of cards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe so maybe that's an example of just, like, good pop music. You don't think about the fact that it's a four-chord song, just like every other four-chord song. Maybe, like, a good use of these technologies. You don't think, like, oh, it's another yeah. Unreal Engine game or er- Ermagerd.
0: Yeah, yeah, the really great pop music, you aren't thinking, like, God, this is such a cliche. You're just like, <laughs> this is just really yeah, well done. It's
1: toe-tapping.
0: <laughs> knee like, slapping. like a good, like, I don't know, like a good Spielberg movie. I don't know, his movies are usually like artistically worth merit in addition to being popular and blockbustery, but you know like the, the a good summer blockbuster that you think you might actually want to see again right. someday. Yeah.
1: yeah. I do like that your like measure for a movie is like will I ever watch this again?
0: I yeah, it's not really a a, a good measure, but it's in a pinch. No, I think <laughs> I think in, when it comes to buying a
1: movie, that's really the only question you should ever ask yourself. Yeah, when you're going to like, buy it. <laughs> am, I, am I obtaining this so I can watch it right now, or am I obtaining this so I can watch it forever?
0: <laughs> you're obtaining it so that you could watch it. No one watches movies they buy. <laughs> well i mean when i was a kid like we buy I, movies so that we don't watch them apparently when, yeah
1: when i was a kid there were a handful of movies that i watched over and over and over i watched them when they were on tv i watched yeah you know i would put the vhs First or later Turtles the DVD. Movie. yeah blues brothers Ghostbusters, groundhog day ironically enough that was on every
0: saturday yep in brewster's millions
1: <laughs> oh my god brewster's millions <laughs> that was a good movie so I'm hoping that we're gonna have to title this episode because <coughs> it's just gonna be an hour of me clearing my throat awkwardly. I'll try. It. I'll do it. I'll do it way over here. Whoa. <laughs> I'll
0: do do it way over there. You you sound like the guy at the press conference last night. <laughs> we won't talk about that, though.
1: No, we won't. <laughs> I didn't. I'm. I didn't. See, I saw a commentary about the press conference. I didn't see the press conference. He had itself. the
0: graveliest of voices for like an hour. Yeah.
1: Because no. Let's let's not it's 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 terrible.
0: Uh so one more bit of follow up is so we talked about how games are shipped embarrassingly broken and case in point uh Assassin's Creed bug that would you know the rendering of people's heads was being screwed up and it's the most horrifying way possible. <laughs> um it was like like Hellraiser like some some movie where like s- people's skin is removed and there's like <laughs> bare bloody <laughs> Sub flesh, and I don't, know. and then just just eyeballs, yeah. and like, and
1: the teeth, yeah, the, the mouth, the floating, <laughs> the floating teeth, like cartoon
0: teeth, like the just, chattering <laughs> teeth, just completely horrifying <laughs> and terrifying. You should click the link in our show notes because,
1: <laughs> and I would, I would love for someone who knows about the the technology behind game graphics to explain this to me. Like these characters still have hands. They still have all their other, like their clothing textures. <laughs> yeah. Why just the face? Like, is it? I'm. Mean, I presumably it's separate because it's so highly animated. But, but why always the face? Why does the yeah. face always screw up?
0: just really, such
1: horrifying result.
0: Really surreal to play the game, and then this horrific demon human face <laughs> thing happens, and you, you wonder if you're in Silent Hill suddenly or something.
1: <laughs> I just. I'm waiting for the Assassin's Creed Unity PC mod that intentionally removes all characters' faces. Because <laughs> I think after a while, you might get used to it. It's the, it's the uncertainty of like, yeah. oh my god, during this cutscene, are people going to have faces or are they not going to have faces?
0: <laughs> yeah, so broken games are broken.
1: Broken games are broken.
0: So do, do you know about this this Ubergate? Um, vaguely, so like location sharing stuff. So this is a multifaceted and also like douchey executives. Yes.
1: Yeah. This is a multifaceted pile of, of unpleasantness. Um, and it all unfortunately stems back to the kind of like techno panic that a lot of people have. And it's like, this is the sort of stuff that gives them legitimate fears because you have executives that have, they called it the God view so Uber has to have access to your location so that when you call an Uber driver they, they know, know where, where to, you are. Yeah. Right? So I mean it makes sense that they have access to that information, but apparently they were abusing that access a little bit. And they would just look and be like, Oh, there's, you know, so such and such a celebrity or there's oh, my friend Jim or Mary or whoever like, Oh, there they are, they're in an Uber driver, let's see where they're uh, going.
0: And they didn't see this coming that this would be yeah like, somehow bite them it would destroy your credibility as a business
1: <laughs> yeah um then uh, one of the other things they were doing with location data is they were they had a simple algorithm in place so um say uh and cuz you know i you know they were only doing this with women so say a woman gets an uber driver at like 11 p.m. and she goes somewhere that's not her house and then that same person at like 4 or 5 a.m. gets another uber driver that does take them back to their house they were calling those rides of glory oh because God. they figured what's probably happening is someone you know they go out they hook up and then they need a ride home and it's like yeah that but that's none of your goddamn business yeah it's like it, people men or women anyone consenting adults free to do whatever the hell they want like just stop being a creep yeah stop being a <laughs> giant creepy organization so then and that it all just goes I hate to say it, but those are the least like egregious. Somehow that's things. the least offensive. Because the things that really made this first come to light was not this stuff. It was um the way some of these Uber drivers are treating women. Um specifically, you know, male drivers, the way they're treating women. Um in I think in France they ran an ad campaign where they promised you would be picked up by an attractive woman. So, so they were like, oh, don't go with our competitors. I don't know what the competitors are in
0: France. Lyft. No, I don't know if they're in France. Le
1: Lyft. <laughs>
0: Le Lyft.
1: Um, you know, don't go with our competitors. Our drivers will be sexy and attractive. And it's like, cab driver, don't really care.
0: Yeah, they're, I'm just trying to get somewhere. Yeah. I'm not trying to hook up with the guy that drives a car sometimes. Yeah.
1: How how about my cab driver is like got a spotless driving record? Like that yeah. would be something worth advertising. Never been in an accident. <laughs> You know, never gotten a ticket. Like that is Efficient, the person I want to drive. knows the
0: city really well. Right?
1: Yeah, because I—that's a hundred percent of their use to me is driving the car. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess there was so there was these like uh, these. So you've out- never
0: been in a cab? Like, man, I wish that driver was more attractive. I'm not having a good time now. No,
1: I, I when I go to swipe the credit card and it asks for the tip, I'm like zero dollars. Ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's how I make my cab driver decisions. It's like, uh, you know, you stand on the street corner and you wave them down, and then you see, like, it's an ugly driver, and you're just like, no, nah, just keep going. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the next one. I'll walk, yeah. never mind. I know it's pouring rain, but it's fine. Just keep going. Yeah. And then, so then on top of all of this, I guess there were other drivers that were harassing um, people for, like, weird religious things. Um, there's a, a the, the guy... Um, I think it's i think his first name is hampton i'm sorry if i'm screwing that up but the guy who created hamel and sass the, the yeah. programming languages uh or the sorry the markup languages um <laughs> he is uh he's gay and he got into an uber car in i think new york and the driver proceeded or no it was in florida of course it was in florida <laughs> and <you're> then florida <laughs> and then the uber driver proceeded to just harass him endlessly about how it was like, not in God's design to be gay. I mean, like he's sitting there with his boyfriend. I don't, is gay marriage legal in Southern California? I don't know, but he was sitting there with his, his significant other being harassed in the back of a car. And it's like, you're trapped. You're in a moving vehicle. It's not like he can just be like, oh, you're a terrifying creep. I'm going to go. It's like you're on the highway in a moving vehicle. Yeah. You now know that this person thinks you're an affront to his god. Like, that would be terrifying.
0: Yeah. Just really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. So this is like all of these things have been going on. And then now enough people have spoken to each other that they realize this is like completely... Systemic. Like, this, is, this now, is just Uber, the yeah, company.
0: This now reflects on the company. You can't just be like, that one driver was crazy. We took care of it.
1: Right. Yeah, because, I mean, it, this is from the drivers all the way up to, like, the founders are doing really shady shit. Yeah. So have you ever used Uber? No. I mean, we're fortunate. We're here in, in Denver. We have excellent public transit. We have car to go.
0: Yeah. And Uber- really attractive driver every time I, I take a car to go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: That's that should be. I don't know if people would appreciate the irony, but that would be funny if with Cardigo they were like, every time you get in a Cardigo, your driver will be gorgeous, like that. Oh man, yeah. I don't think that wouldn't wasn't
0: look- Uber also in trouble for just really shady compet- competition. Yes, like what were they doing they were-
1: So this was uh, particularly, I think this was they were doing this against Lyft. Yeah. Uh, So the two things I remember hearing about, one, they would call Lyft cars and then not be there. So that way the Lyft car was not available for real customers. Yeah. And then the other thing that they were doing is they would call a Lyft car, get in, and then have the driver take them somewhere far away so they had a long time to talk. And the whole time they were just trying to recruit them. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you could keep driving for Lyft, which sucks, or you could come drive for Uber where we – teach you how to sexually harass people yeah apparently and <laughs> so, and you can
0: spy on celebrities yeah I don't, I
1: don't know what their pitch was but i can't imagine it was much better than that
0: and i feel like at some point if these car share services c- keep being popular and it seems like they are going to c- keep being popular especially in urban areas you need you should be able to ride with a pseudonym yeah, right. Like, I, I'm pseudo Michael, and my banking information is hidden anyway. Yeah. So, is I, it
1: random token? I'm not
0: Michael Edwards. I am, yeah, I'm random token. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: this, I hate to say it, but to me, this is going to mark a big turning point in getting a driver versus getting a vehicle. Cause, like, Zipcar. And Cardigo, and there are others. Yeah, but those give you access to vehicles that you get in and drive. Mm-hmm. And then Uber and Lyft is more like a taxi service. And if driving myself means not being harassed and possibly assaulted, and I'm going to drive myself. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> I don't hate driving so much that yeah. I would rather you know have someone sexually assault me or, or religiously <laughs> assault me or really any kind of assault. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I always when I first heard about Uber, was I was living in Florida. They didn't have it in Florida at the time, and I thought like, oh wow, that's so cool. It's like it's like rich guy car service. You know, you just like pull out your smartphone and you're like, come get me black SUV, and you get in, and there's water, and now you can like pick the music you want. And felt like very luxurious. None of that
0: stopped being cool. It's well, yeah. It's when you find out the company's run by a bunch of psychopaths. (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) but I mean, it's. Now it's like I've never used Uber before and now I never will. So I hope a similar <laughs> company rises up that does all the right things and not all of the assaulty, harassy things. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't. Yeah. Like-
0: and Uber just does have that vibe of like super hip startup. Like we are so cool. You don't even know. Yeah. And, it, and like I would contrast it with Cardigo, or Cardigo is just like we're cute and fun and yeah, like. Hey. Hey, look,
1: look little bitty cars.
0: You don't need to own a car. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think this is gonna this is gonna put a big dent in driver sharing. Yeah. You know?
0: Or it's at least an opening for Lyft or someone else to be like, uh We're not creeps. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that this is a, a problem. I mean, this is what everybody hates about Silicon Valley companies, right? Is like Oh, well, if you're rich and live in San Francisco and you're white and 25 and educated, then you don't care if a white 25 educated sexist pig picks you up because they're just like you. (laughs) But I mean, first off, I hope all of San Francisco is not really like that. And second, once you expand outside of your like micro bubble of exactly like minded people, you're going to meet with opposition like immediately. Yeah. I can't believe it took this long. Oh, here's another horrible thing they did. So I don't know much about. Do you know Pando Daily? No. Okay, so the, it's an online journalism, like kind of Huffington Post style, um, and so they don't pay their writers. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the one of the the main editors, I don't know if she's a founder or not, but one of like the high up editor journalists for Pando Daily um, was like really violently harassed by an Uber executive and there was this whole blow up and she did a big write up about how the comments he made were very threatening and she was and she had like there were witnesses to these comments so it's not just like her word against his word like it's indisputable that he said and did some mm-hmm. of these things and i made the mistake of doing whatever idiot does on the internet and i read the comments and the comments no. on this article are because I don't know Pando Daily. I'm not like super familiar with it. And all the comments on the article are like, oh, Pando Daily only ever calls someone out when they're not a paid advertiser. I guess Uber is never going to be an advertiser. Oh, how come you don't call out company X that advertises with you even though yeah. they do shady stuff? And I was just like, that's not what this is about. <laughs> like it, her journalistic integrity on every other issue, not related. If she has evidence that this thing happened, that's what we're talking
0: about. This thing. Yeah.
1: You know? And I mean, yeah, I get it. Like someone's credibility as a journalist is important, but you can take it's these about things ethics in journalism. It is about ethics in gaming <laughs> journalism. But you can take these things separately when there is clear evidence to support it. It's uh it's the hypocrisy fallacy.
0: Like if yeah. she was
1: a hypocrite before, it doesn't matter if what she's saying now is true.
0: People don't have time for nuance.
1: They don't. Too many cooks. <laughs>
0: Don't bring that into it. <laughs> so uh, more on the the more tables to be flipped, which is the, the point of the show. Um, the U.S. government, well, the Department of Justice specifically, uh, is angry with Apple and Google because they're making their smartphones secure.
1: Now stop that, companies. And
0: they have some really appalling rhetoric. This actually gets trotted out all the time in the tech world. But if you're unfamiliar, so um, the new iPhones and newer versions of Android come encrypted by default by your PIN or passcode or fingerprint and all of the above. Um, And that means that Apple nor neither Apple nor law enforcement can just hook it up and do whatever they want with your your device and get all this stuff off it.
1: Yeah. And I know when I bought a smartphone, my intention was to give... government a window into my goings-on yeah that's why i got it
0: yeah 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 um (laughs) (laughs) so the department of justice decided to say publicly that you are actively killing children apple by not letting us into all damn iphones children are dying a children dies every eight seconds because we didn't have access to iphones and that's just terrible. Yeah.
1: Now, I'm a big fan of hyperbole. I mean, I, I co-host <laughs> a show about being hyperbolic over stuff. Even I'm like, how did you get from cell phone encryption to children murder? Like yeah. I, I mean, yes, in a really, you know, crazy Orwellian kind of way, having total information access would prevent some crimes probably it would also right up until they just stopped communicating about their crimes over cell phones
0: which has already happened if you're unless you're a a stupid criminal (laughs) you just don't like you just don't carry a cell phone you don't use one if you're gonna do something you don't want anyone to know about something happened
1: yeah so i just uh if you heard the little jump in mike's voice there so i just took off my vest and uh static shocked my entire eardrum area, my headphones, like, just electrocuted my whole brain.
0: Yipes. So if I start to... The seize, dangers of monitoring. It's crazy.
1: So, But, yeah, this is um, confusing to me that anyone thinks this would be like, oh, if we can get into their phones, no more children will be murdered.
0: But also, aren't you just enabling so much more crime? Because now we don't have secure devices. Yeah. So identity theft, uh, so many other things through the roof.
1: Well, and aren't you enabling like the government to commit a bunch of crimes because they don't have
0: also? The right yeah, to you do just have a, a lack of oversight. Uh, it, there's no longer a you need a probable cause to have reasonable. Like I have nothing against. We have a warrant. You have to unlock your phone. Like through due process, a judge has decided that sure. we get access to this potential evidence. Right, that's reasonable. That's the deal we make with society. That it's better in the long run to have some kind of balance here. But all everything by default, just open? No, no, it's no. not the deal. Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I feel like this is uh, this is the go-to response I hear from a lot of people is, well, if you've got nothing to hide. I hate that phrase so yeah. much. Yeah, I'll I'll admit, when I was a younger, more foolish person, I totally thought that made sense. I was like, well, I have nothing to hide, so what do I care? And then the more I thought about it, I was like, because my privacy matters – like it's it's not that I'm I have nothing to hide. It's that my it's none of their damn business. Th- it's none of their damn business. Yeah, that's uh, also. I don't we think have, there's any other better. Way we to have that.
0: millennia of governments doing shitty things by snooping into people's lives. Yes, it's like no. The abundance of evidence is that they shouldn't have default access to everything. Reasonable, measured access in specific situations, fine. Right default everything <coughs> terrible recipe for disaster and it's i'm i'm gonna because you're gonna have more uber gates government style yeah. which we already had with nsa revelations from snowden that yeah people spying on girlfriends and yeah.
1: lifting nude pictures from people's phones and stuff and i hate to say it but it it does kind of come down to a like well you can't promise you'll stop any crimes from being committed by having this like unmetered access. And you also can't promise you won't be committing these crimes and these like moral atrocities. So what am I getting for my
0: money? And you're making it possible for other people to sneak in and right. do right now it's actions. easier
1: for actual you know non-government like, paid. It's criminals not credible to, get in.
0: to me that you can have a secure back door that you can be like really only we will use this right. entrance and no one will discover this secret hatch into your phone.
1: Yeah, that's protected with pass one two three four. <laughs> yeah, it, this is. Um, this is ex- – I, I the, the war on terror went through this when one of the recent 45 times we sent troops over to the Middle East. They were like, oh, we just realized that <clears throat> the reason we can't sweep anybody's cell phone records in the Middle East is because they're just communicating on paper by word of mouth. Go figure. They beat you. Like, yeah. <laughs> they figured out you could get into that their technology.
0: Infrastructure that's networked is insecure.
1: Yeah. If they had a secure network, I'm sure they probably would have used it. But they just went to a different secure network, and yes, that allowed them to do bad things. But it's it the thing isn't evil, yeah. Right? You know, the a network is not evil. The roads are not evil. People, you know, ambulances drive on the road, and also reckless drunk drivers drive on the road. But well, we shouldn't just ban it's roads. It's always
0: the risk of liberty. And I don't want to sound like a libertarian, but th- that's an aspect. <laughs> That I am sympathetic to, of like, yeah, there's some risk to having a more liberty-driven society, and I'm willing to find a balance in it. But I, I don't want a totalitarian state. Yeah, I also don't want anarchy. But
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you, you said, uh, you know, there's a process. You know, if they have due cause, you get a yeah, warrant. Do
0: some damn detective work <laughs> and get a warrant for the specific thing you're doing. Stop being lazy.
1: Yeah. Now, I will say for the devil's advocate side, if I'm, you know, law enforcement official, you know, a detective or way up to a judge or, you know, like a Supreme Court judge. And I'm looking at I'm like, well, I can either have access to unlimited information that I could ever possibly gather by foot, you know, as quickly or not. Like that's that's a tough honeypot to turn away from.
0: No, I get why they want it. Yeah. <laughs> Their motivation is obvious,
1: right, but I'm just saying like it's, it's just it's, an overreach it's just it's, like, a, it's a huge overreach yeah, and I'm glad that Google and Apple are the companies doing this because they are large enough to just be like, nope. well, they also we're know, keep doing this, they also know thing. the
0: rest of the world's going to be like, "How about we don't buy your devices if you're yeah. totally owned by the u s government yep." <laughs> So they already have to fight this battle from the fact that the U.S. government wants access. They probably have to work their ass off trying to convince other governments. Like, no, really, <laughs> we we aren't just opening back doors. But
1: Well, and look at the he- monstrous irony in the hypocrisy fallacy all over again. So uh, Huawei, a uh, Chinese company, they are, like everything else in China, largely owned by the government and mm-hmm. particularly the military. So – there's the the story is that there is like no huawei device that doesn't have this back door and u.s people like governments and tech companies are like well you can't use a huawei device because then you're just handing your data to the chinese it's like don't hand it to the chinese hand
0: it to the americans yes and they're also probably spending millions and millions of dollars trying to find that back door right to spy yeah
1: so it's it's uh it's bullshit that's what it is
0: i just it's just depressing that the think of the kids is still the cliche it was like so cliche on the head exactly what they said yeah won't someone please think of the children won't someone please think of a new cliche (laughs) who
1: who is more innocent and vulnerable than children mike won't someone please think of the puppies? Uh,
0: customers of Uber.
1: Uber customers. <laughs> someone should think of them. <laughs> no one is thinking about them. Think of the Uber customers. So this, um, I have to let you do this this Smash Bros. piece. Because I think you have, you have such, you're so closely tied into all this.
0: Well, I only saw the headline on this. I didn't read deeply into it. But you are not that closely <laughs> tied in on all this. So so is there uproar over this? Uh, so... From stupid people. So Nintendo isn't going to release DLC for Smash Bros. Wii U. Yes. Also, whoever is mad about this, do you know how much stuff is in Smash Bros.? Yeah. Do you complain on a regular basis that other games are incomplete and they make you buy DLC to have a full experience?
1: Yes. Yes, they do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Nintendo isn't like that. They just release good games.
1: Apparently today's episode is brought to you by the hypocrisy fallacy. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, um interesting to me because the the designers came out and kind of said like, yeah, we're not going to release DLC because it's
0: a giant Because we pain. put 75 characters into it. <laughs> <laughs> they did
1: do that, but they also said just from a technical standpoint, like it's really hard to create a new character or program a new character and more importantly than that, playtest them. Yeah. Because there's always a chance that you introduce a new character that's grossly underpowered or grossly overpowered.
0: And even even with uh, the history of Smash Brothers sort of becoming a cult-like competition multiplayer game, Nintendo doesn't really patch it. It's not like StarCraft yep. or Diablo where they're tuning it or like an MMO where they're tuning the balance constantly. They basically ship it and if you find out that Jigglypuff is the best thing ever <laughs> and you can pretty much spam a certain move... That's just part of the game now. Yeah. And the culture will decide if you're like a douche for using odd job instead of yeah. a normal height character.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I, I'll i link to this in the show notes. Um, game theory or no game facts. Whatever. I don't know. I'll link to it in the show notes because I, I can find it in my YouTube history. But they did like a little five minute video about technical aspects of Smash Brothers is, is it right to say Smash Bros, or do you say Smash Brothers?
0: That's Brothers, Brothers. Okay, it's Super Mario Brothers. It, yeah, I
1: feel like it is. Okay, so Smash Bros, <laughs> um, there's in me- melee, melee. There was this thing called wave jumping or wave dashing, where if you did an air dodge into the ground, you would like slide a little bit. So then, what somebody you know eventually figured out was that. If you did, if you, like, jump air dodge immediately, so you're, like, not even really off the ground, yeah. you'll actually just slide along the ground. And the reason that that was problematic is because while you were sliding, you were your character was physically moving, but you were treated as standing still, which means you could do things like move while having your shield activated. Because yeah. having the shield activated is a standing still thing. Huh. So it like in tournament play this was like a huge deal and then they took that move out of brawl and some people like freaked out and other people were like well, i didn't even know you could do that and the the developers actually said like yeah of course we knew you could do that in melee it's not an accident but we took it out because we want this game to be approachable to people of all skill levels yeah so like that was just one of the many like tiny little tweaks they made in brawl to kind of rein everybody into like a level playing field because i mean the game is already can be really rigged
0: like you well you have that many characters there's no way (laughs) there is like some aren't better than others yeah like sort of on some objective level you can find a (laughs) character it's like this character is just harder to win with
1: yeah (laughs) well and, and so in this same video they were saying that in tournament play there are certain levels that are banned
0: yeah, because it's They're so exploitable. <laughs>
1: easy to exploit it, especially with certain characters. So it's like if you, you know, play Smash Brothers a lot, you go to your friend's house and he's like, oh, I'm going to play on this really small level with this character who has a really fantastic rebound. It's like, well, yeah, because when I knock you off, you'll have like a million miles. You can float yeah. back as Kirby or whatever. And it's like, but I'm Captain Falcon and I'm going to sink like a stone. <laughs> yeah. So the minute you knock me off, I'm just I'm done. You know, so it's like those rules are so deeply entrenched in the culture,
0: yeah, that
1: they're actually banned in tournaments.
0: I mean, you wouldn't want to get to the point where your game was so unbalanced and broken that the culture's like, "Yeah, we're just banning the game." Yeah. <laughs> this is no longer a game we want to play for tournament tournament reasons, but yeah, it's it's really not like a Blizzard game where it's going to be tuned for years and look totally different by the end of it so you've you've you have a wii u and
1: you've had a wii um did you get a wii at launch
0: uh yeah pretty right. much so are they and it still works It does still not work. like any of my other generation 7 game systems
1: um do they ever really patch games
0: i mean i've seen like yeah they, they'll update a game once or twice but really they just ship them working <laughs> well, what a <laughs> weird thought it's never like a like a it's always a a glitch or a bug fix, and it's never new content or play balance that I'm aware of.
1: But I mean, how often are those bug fixes even shipped?
0: I'd say maybe once or twice per game.
1: Yeah, that's because I mean I'm a and it's months later as, as a PlayStation guy. Like that's unreal to me. Like I don't. Yeah, because PS3 never was, was, was
0: hey I'm gonna oh update. Yeah, I've hey, never I can't wait ever to, put a game in the oh. PlayStation and not
1: had to update it
0: <laughs> ever. <laughs> And you and you, I think and maybe they changed it, but you couldn't play it. Like, say, I'm just going to play the old version, could you?
1: They have not changed that. Okay. No. Um. I think the only way you can get away with that is if you're just not connected to the network, and it, it doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. No, but once they it,
0: fixed that for PS4. Oh, do they? <laughs> they They realize that everyone hated not getting to play games.
1: <laughs> no, on the PS3, it very much is like, oh, you want to play this game? Nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go play your other system because yeah, this one's updating.
1: Hope you also have a veto. It does. It the... does feel
0: like Windows after a fresh install. Like your next like twenty four to forty eight hours is updates.
1: Well, the, I'm I'm surprised by how frustrating zero day patches are. Because like I so a friend of mine went to a uh, a con and he got free download codes for Borderlands pre sequel, which is how I got it. And so he gave me one, and I was like, oh, awesome! So I, I downloaded it day it came out, and I go to Fire It Up, and it's like, there's a 1.02 patch. I'm like, where was .01? You just came out. Yeah, You're brand new. <laughs> Why didn't you just ship with that version?
0: Yeah.
1: It's not like I had a disc. I downloaded the game. Just let me download the most up-to-date version.
0: So Nintendo deserves a lot of praise for shipping games that are p- pretty finished. <laughs> um, they deserve criticism for when the Wii U was launched. It had a day one, day zero patch that took hours oh and their os was slow as balls (laughs) so you would be like i think i'll go to the me maker we'll look at your watch like sonic for a while (sighs) okay i think i'll switch back to the home screen you know on your smartphone where you tap and you're like oh i'm at the home screen immediately (laughs) i couldn't even finish my sentence i'm already at the home screen nope it's like a good 10 seconds eight seconds So it's gotten a little better, but it's still, like, in the era of instant smartphone speed of, like, oh, I'm done playing this, I'm out. Right. Like, and even the PS4 is, like, you press the PlayStation button, you're immediately at the home screen, can do almost anything.
1: Well, I remember when I first, because I was, like, a year, 18 months into the PS3's life cycle before I got one, and I remember people saying, like, how slow the cross-media bar was. Yeah. And, I mean, it's... It's a little laggy. The in
0: game one's pretty slow. It is.
1: It's not unbearable, but you notice you're like, "Eh, this could be faster. But then the first time I used a Wii, which was like years into its life cycle, I was like, holy crap, when do I do anything? Yeah. It's just. It's
0: unacceptable. It's just
1: little TV loading screen forever.
0: So it's like Nintendo's really good, but they have like a cone that they're really good in. And. I mean, they're all, they're more famous than even Apple for sucking at cloud stuff. <laughs> it's like true. they are worse than Apple.
1: That, that is saying. Because right. like
0: as bad as Apple is, they've they got an iTunes store that sells gigs and gigs and terabytes of stuff every day, and it doesn't go down that often. It's right. like they figured a certain narrow slice that they're good at.
1: <laughs> well, wait. So I have to say, in defense of the developers, if I understand how that works correctly, the iTunes store. For apps, functions exactly like the iTunes Store for um, podcasts, where when you say I want to download this app, you're not talking to Apple servers; you're talking to the developer servers.
0: I don't, I don't know enough I, to comment. I'm, I'm. If it isn't like
1: that now, there was a time when it was like that because they do not host every person's. No, app No, that ever. was
0: part of the deal when they started the App Store. Was like, you know, you can charge money, or if you make it free, we'll still host your app. You sure? I'm really pretty sure.
1: All right. I'll have to triple check this. But I feel like they they just point to, like, oh, here's so-and-so's app that's signed, and we're
0: verifying it.
1: I mean, yeah. I, I could be mistaken. Maybe actually, you know, maybe that's part of their security model is that they sign an app, and then they host it, so yeah. they know it hasn't been tampered yeah, with. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure they,
1: they host mm. it. I'll have to double check but
0: this. It's sort of like, yeah, they scaled up this one specific kind of cloud service, but... Nintendo's, like, still in the two th- like early 2000s yeah. of web services.
1: Did they... I know Sega did a bunch of stupid early network add-ons. The PS2 had the little network add-on. Did Nintendo ever pull any crap like that? Did, like, the there N64 was, There have was
0: like a- No, the GameCube had a modem you could get. It was detached, like the PS2 Yeah, one. it was an expansion port thing.
1: What did you use it for?
0: Fantasy Star Online 2 and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't play Smash Brothers online? No. No. Not till the Wii version.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I can't I, I'll have to take your word on Fantasy Star. I can't think of any Well, they games. released
0: Fantasy Star and it okay. had online multiplayer somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantasy Star online had online multiplayer. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I think the last thing we got to talk about today is well, I'm going to so I I have a, a built-in segue for this actual story. So I was going to replay Final Fantasy VI recently, and the amount of time I want to put into that game, I just don't have that time to dedicate to it. So I've actually decided not to because that one is my favorite. Yeah. it's I know other people have other favorite Final Fantasies, and it's a shame that they're all wrong because VI <laughs> is just so the best. It's no question the best Pixel 1. I think Can we – yeah
0: i have a lot of fondness for four but six has better gameplay i
1: love four don't get me wrong. four is is like a very close second but six is is just i like
0: four because i can get through it in 15 hours so like you can play it every year (laughs) that's true
1: (laughs) um so there's uh and i'll link to this in the show notes there's a i stumbled across this i think kevin purdy might have linked to this on twitter but there's a podcast called the overthinking it podcast and they do a book club periodically, and they just recently decided they were going to do a book club of a video game. So they're going to play the game, they're going to talk about it, you know, in, like, sections. <coughs> <coughs> and and uh, when I saw this was the game they were going to play, I was like, oh, my God, I can, like, vicariously play the game through these other people. And they're interesting and funny, so, it's you know, it's enjoyable to listen to. But last night, I was sitting on the couch, and I someone plus one the thing i liked that had the end game kefka music and it's like this full orchestral version so it popped up and it was like somebody plus one this i was like i'm gonna listen to this again because they just brought it back to my mind so i'm listening to it and like every little part i kept turning to susan my wife and i was like you know oh this is you know this part is like reminiscent of this part in the game and Oh, and then this happens, and, like, then I had to bring up the image of, like, the tower and how, like, it's all connected, and it's, like, it's it's a multi-form boss, but not in the, like, this isn't even my final form. Yeah. Like, it's, you actually just, like, travel up the yeah, tower. Yeah, it's like
0: this whole, like, Michelangelo, Sistine Chapel yes. work of art you're playing against. Yes, and,
1: and there's all <laughs> kinds of, like, religious imagery in, like, the way he's built and, like, the demons on the bottom, and then it gets more angelic as you go up. Yeah. And, then like there's the part where because you know it's it moves in screens it's like a smooth uh, four part movement when you get to the third part you think you're at the top because it looks really angelic and that's where like the stock tower part ends. And then no matter where you are in the music, it's like this smash hit and you go up and it's all like gold. And then there's like big God Kefka with his wings. And it's like, shit. <laughs> this is the actual final boss probably because this feels like I thought, I thought shit was real a second ago, but it yeah. just became real recently. <laughs> like, so I'm poor. My poor wife is like sitting there trying to read a book and I'm just like gushing nostalgia <laughs> like all over. And I'm like pointing to different parts of the image and like, Pointing out different stuff in the music. So recently, <laughs> we, you, and I, and and one of our listeners, Matt, we're talking about Final Fantasy 8 <laughs> You like Final Fantasy 8 Yeah, because it's a good game. Sure. <laughs> Matt <laughs> likes it. I've never has played Matt it.
0: ever played through
1: it. I think he had. Okay. I think he said he played through it when it was newer. Um, When he was newer.
0: Yes, when he When he was a lower software version. That's right.
1: Before he got his. Matt 0.8. But I've never played through it. I've famously never played through it because I tried when it was new. I hated it. I don't even think I made it halfway through the first disc. So, So I've started now. And I am actually kind of interested to try this like book club thing. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from listeners if they want to like live through the experience with us. Because we have not just do we have a smattering of people who've played and never played, people who played it a bunch of times or only played it once. Because I think your brother's getting in on this. Yeah, he's um, played it a few
0: times. Yeah. Already. So,
1: but we also have like this cornucopia of platforms.
0: Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I was playing. In bed, <laughs> on an Apple computer, running Windows, <laughs> playing the Steam version of Final Fantasy 8 with an Xbox controller.
1: Yeah. That is really far from the original <laughs> experience.
0: And it's because you have my Vita and my PS3s in storage. and I right. feel like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. So, I have it on the Vita. I think Justin has it on a PSP. Yeah. Right? Um, Matt is playing it on Steam, but on native Windows with keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, right there, like just the interaction with the software is going to be dramatically different.
0: Well, that's one of the funny things is that, so my iMac is 1440p and whatever, but, you know, one fourth of what the new one is. (laughs) Um, So the polygons obviously scale up and they're still sharp. I mean, not the textures, but the, the actual shape of the characters is sharp. Yes. If simple backgrounds are just blown up bitmaps so um some of them are really blurry and like if yeah i wish i could almost put this on a crt tv and like right. have the 640i or 480i I 480i guess, I, yeah uh, resolution and then you wouldn't really notice
1: yeah but on a what's it a
0: 27 inch it's kind of shockingly in like <laughs> That's is it stretched or is it still 4-3? no? No, it keeps the aspect ratio, thank God. But <laughs> um, one of the things you I never noticed because in low res land you just can't tell is not every character is polygonal. If they like up to like six to maybe eight characters on screen will be polygonal, and then if they have more people on screen that aren't moving, they're just part of the background. Just bitmap all the things. And at 480i, you can't tell because it's just as blocky as the actual polygons were, right?
1: Yeah, so there was a time when that was like a technical shortcut that made the game run smoother, and now, now it's revealed. They're
0: just like, "Whoa!" And so Matt posted that hilarious. We ran out of polygons for you, Sid. <laughs> Sid.
1: <laughs> Which I love the the zoom in, yeah. the the meme style. Because when you get to the last one and you can see like the edge of Squall's face and Sid's face center frame, it's like it's not even close. Yeah, not even close. Because Squall's rendered in polygons, but he's also they've on the Steam version they've also upgraded the textures. So not only does a little, does bit. He, a little <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, not only does he retain his shape, but he's also smoother looking. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's like bad CGI. It's like he's against a matte background.
0: He's painting. like the Rock at the end of the second Mummy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, do you have any initial thought? I know you're still kind of in tutorial, hell, but
1: yeah, this does conclude the tutorial. <laughs> um, so my initial thought I'm early enough that I still think we can do I think maybe like once a month, like a fifteen minute catch up on like how everybody's doing we'll We'll figure out the details I'll be done
0: with the game next yeah. month.
1: but you'll still be able to talk about it. but I think I w- if people are interested in hearing about this, like I would love to hear from our listeners like do you want to live this journey? With me and and Justin and maybe even Susan, if I can get her to put down two of the other games she's playing In four of the books, and- exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So my initial reactions are, it's not as horrible as I remember because it's it's the opposite of nostalgia goggles, right? Like I've just built up this negative nostalgia, negative, yeah, this negative <laughs> image in my mind. Um, that being said, the 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 draw thing is creating such a different. Play style that it's a little foreign, like, because like I I found myself in this one battle, I almost felt bad for the guy we were fighting because it was like there's just one soldier, you know, generic soldier A who can only inflict like five or six damage <laughs> at a swing. So we're just sitting there like sucking the life <laughs> out of him because apparently when you're drawing, did from, you turn
0: up the battle speed so you could do this fast? I'm gonna
1: now. Yeah, but apparently there's no limit to... Like, they don't have a limit on how much you can draw. No. You can just fill you, you your You just tank. hope
0: you pull nine every time instead of five or two, and you're like, ah, uh,
1: a wasted turn. And you wish
0: you could... I guess if you leave your magic menu on, you can see how much you have, but I never even leave that in. No, well, when <laughs> stock blacks out.
1: That's, yeah, that's well, then you know, know but it'd yeah. be
0: nice to know your progress without having to go into the magic menu. Yeah,
1: but then you get upset. Obs- it's like metrics. You yeah. just get obsessed with the metrics. You're watching, the, watching metrics. the water try to boil. But- yes, So I... I you know, I just sat there and like, this must've been like hell for this enemy. Just like, kill me. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to show up, hit me with your gun blade.
0: Yeah. And then I die. So here's the thought I had that, uh, I think part of what made final fantasy, it is very different than most of the final fantasies, but I think particularly at that time, because final fantasy sevens materia system was different than six, but it was still like analogous. Like, you're teaching yeah. people specific skills through something right. that gains experience. And eight mixed that up a little bit before we were used to the era where every single Final Fantasy game has a completely new yeah. player progression system. Because I can't think of any of them that are both identical other than like the first few games. I feel B- like. But early in the series, you don't think of it as every single game is a wildly different take on character progression. I think
1: nine and seven were pretty similar.
0: Because, like, the, the th- there were things that Nine had, had power a up. job system like five, didn't it? No, oh, no, nine. Did it take on jobs in nine? Mm-mm. Oh,
1: no, the way it worked in nine was like your equipment had the ability oh, to teach you stuff. Okay, that's right, but then you could give that equipment powered up to someone else, just like you could hand off a powered up materia in seven. So well, now
0: you hand off powered up GFs, girlfriends,
1: right. powered up girlfriends, <laughs> um,
0: guardian forces, <laughs> listener, not girlfriends, but that so, like, I
1: feel like. This is another thing that, so hey, I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, we could get hours and hours <laughs> out of comparing these games. We could definitely do a book club about this. Um, but the thing I liked about six and also 10, uh, their like leveling up system, the Sphere
0: Grid or no? Sphere yeah. Grid, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, the thing I liked about those was every character could eventually do everything, but it took some work and they had a specialization. See, this is something I missed from four, was I liked that like, that's my white mage, that's my tank, that's the person who steals stuff, like, because then if the person who your only white mage drops and all you have left is, you know, if Rosa goes down, yeah. it's like Cecil only has cure. We're totally boned. Like someone has to use items. I only to have one or...
0: mega elixir. Exactly. And so I'm not like, going to use it because I might need it later.
1: <laughs> I don't care if this is the final boss. I might need it later. There might be a final, 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 final boss, underscore final. But that's like that. I, I, I'm very nostalgic for that playstyle because that supported a particular kind of strategy. Yeah. Then when you got to like, 7 and 10 and the later games it was like well everyone's good at everything i just have an army of ultima and flare casting demigods who cannot be stopped
0: yeah well if you value that then you value (laughs) that Um, there's still a little differentiation but yeah most of it is in the gf so you can just junction it to someone else like you can literally switch and swap entire sets to other people yeah but you can still upgrade the weapons they have different limit breaks and you can still stat improve people to make them different than others. I think it for me it kind of creates... And they have different like base numbers. So Squall is always going to hit harder.
1: Right. But if you can, if it's a different, like, well, Squall does four nines damage and this other character does three nines, eight damage. <laughs> and it's like, but I don't want to look at Squall's stupid face anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like then that creates like this separation. I mean, in Final Fantasy IV, you didn't really get to choose who was in your party.
0: Never. Yeah, I think like once. I, I don't think you ever get ever? to choose. No. Okay.
1: So, well, there you go then. But it, you could move them back in front. Oh, you could. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, like, but in Final Fantasy IV, like, it mattered. Like, if your spellcaster went off, you know, like when yeah. Ridia, like, when she would go off to, like, do something, or like when Kane left, you were like, I need him. It's like, <laughs> one of my tanks. Get back here don't leave with all my equipment you bastard i just bought you that stuff like that was like a big deal but in a in the more modern yeah
0: it's a weird situation where you're stripping people naked on future playthroughs. cuz you they're know like, they're about to tell leave. tell you you're going to die can you just strip down yeah. and leave your stuff here can you get naked so I'm gonna sell and sell that to your shit t- <laughs> <laughs> we want to pawn it off can yes. i have your stereo
1: yeah so that, i mean that is a kind of weird metagaming. but like in the in the modern games it feels like the strategy of how you're playing And the attachment to the characters are unrelated. Like, if you want to have a party of all white mages, it doesn't matter who those people are. You just give them all white mage spells. You know, if you want everyone to just punch really hard, you just give them all stuff that boosts their strength. And it doesn't matter if they were designed to be a white mage character. Now they just punch really hard. And I know, like, that's really nitpicky in like a stupid, really really in like a really stupid way. But like, I can. Okay, if you were to describe like the characters in Final Fantasy 4, what they're capable of is inseparable from yeah, their character. Totally. But if you were to describe like Titus in Final Fantasy 10, you could be like, oh, yeah, he casts all this black magic. Or, oh, no, he's like an awesome thief. Or, oh, he swings his sword really hard. Like, all of those things could be true.
0: But then this is also true of Final Fantasy
1: tactics. But again, you have to work for it. You have to work for it in eight. You have to work for it in eight, but not... It's in a grindy, boring way.
0: Whereas, like, you just sit... Well, there's there's other ways.
1: You don't have to sit and draw magic, but... But man, is that effective. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm still, like you said, I'm still super early. But I just, I feel like there's that separation. And all the modern Final Fantasies are guilty of this. It's not just eight. Yeah. They're all guilty well, of I, this.
0: Well, I just like that it's not simon belmont castlevania 2 like <laughs> obscure to get stuff it's like no if you pay attention to what magic's available and you're willing to draw it you get to be strong yeah and if if not you know it's not obscure side quests that you can only <laughs> discover through game packs like there is some of that if you want it but it's not the, only that yeah that's yeah. for the super super rare like weapon upgrade stuff and i don't care about that yeah
1: and I just, a, a final note before we sign off here. Gunblades?
0: Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, there's there's stuff, stuff about the game that is just goofy. <laughs> and gunblades are one of them. Yeah. It's a sword that's a gun, but yeah. you don't shoot the blade.
1: No, but you can pull the trigger right before you hit someone, which somehow <laughs> makes it sharper. It
0: like blows up a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think part of it too, and I'll be. It's interested- a weird
0: mix of modern fantasy. Yeah, I'll
1: be interested to see how my feelings on this changes as the game goes on. But I kind of hate Squall. Yeah, I just a lot. He does change. Good, because he's kind of a tool. In the first like hour or two, he's
0: all antisocial, and he changes.
1: Okay, so <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play through it, and we're gonna relive those memories. So for you, because you're like 10 minutes from the end already, you, There's actually some, you'll have to take
0: notes. some weird connections to Interstellar in the plot. <laughs> now yeah. I have to go see Interstellar? <laughs> yeah.
1: So any, any, any last sign-offs?
0: Nope, I'm good. All right,
1: where do people find the show notes for this?
0: Head to FlippingTablesPodcast.com slash 042.
1: That means we are 10 episodes from the year mark. Wow. Right? Yeah. Kaboom. Where can people find you? Yeah, Michael? go
0: to sudomichael.com or Medwards Music on Twitter, and that's, that'll do. <laughs>
1: that'll do. And yourself? Listener. People can find me at Lions in Beta on Twitter or Lions And go check out these show notes because there's going to be some some good old stuff in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, FlippingTablesPodcast.com slash zero four two. Do it. Do it.